You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about Building Passive Income with Real Estate. And I'm super excited to have an amazing guest with me, Clayton Morris. Let me tell you about Clayton. He is passionate about helping first-time real estate investors learn that they just don't have to work for a paycheck or be a business owner. His company is Morris Invest, which he bootstrapped at first until it exploded to thousands of homes across the country. He helps people buy their first rental property for passive income and get this He's highly productive because he does all of this while being the weekend anchor for Fox and Friends on the Fox News Channel. Welcome, Clayton. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you so much. You know, I didn't always, I wasn't always terribly productive, and it was. I, I think I would get pulled in so many different directions. You know, as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to chase shiny object syndrome and. You know, I like to think about a compass, you know, standing. If you've ever been to a museum where they've got like a compass etched in marble on the floor in the lobby, you know, when you can, kids can run and stand on it. You can stand yeah. on north. You can stand on south and east and west. And recently I've been thinking about this metaphor a lot. Like most entrepreneurs, they have a drive and a vision and they want to move north or in one direction. But very quickly they'll be pulled in, in another direction, another side opportunity with their company, and they'll then have to take one step south. Well, you're never going to get north if you keep having to take a step south, a step west, a step east. And one thing I realize is that if you can move in that one direction consistently with little distraction, you're going to achieve success, just one foot in front of the other and keep it consistent. Most entrepreneurs, you know, as they move in these different directions, think that it's all part of, it's all congruous as part of their one company, their one business, their, their one small business. And it's not. Very often, you're almost like creating a second business for yourself. So that, that, that to me is how I've become productive, just you know, kind of sticking on that one direction till, till I've achieved success. That is so true. And I'm glad that you say that you weren't always productive. So it gives people hope that it can be learned. It's not like you're either born with it or, or not born with it. So very, very cool. Well, let's just jump right into these questions. I've interviewed over 100 amazing guests on this podcast. So it feels a little strange to interview someone who actually does this for a living on TV. Does that come <laughs> up a lot when you're a guest? Uh, it's it's fun because I you know it's good to be on the other side of the microphone sometimes you know because I do this for a living and I'm interviewing you know I like to say on my show Fox and Friends you know one minute I'm interviewing the president of the United States and then the next minute I'm interviewing a senator and the next minute I'm interviewing a monkey you know so you never know what you you know it's always different and it's always fun so every interview to me is different and unique all the time so I, I love doing it so thanks for having me. Absolutely, we're glad you're here and you've got your own podcast that's an award winning from Inc. Magazine, was it? 
Yeah, Inc. Magazine just named us one of the top business podcasts, um, which is really flattering. It's called the. It's just a generic name. It's the most generic name in the world. Just the Investing in Real Estate podcast, <laughs> and uh, so we deep dive passive income and how to not pay anything in taxes. You know, if you're a real estate investor and you're paying taxes, you're doing it wrong. Um, so we deep dive all of those things: how to set up and structure your LLC, how to acquire your first property, and we walk through all of that stuff on the show. Very cool. So investing in real estate listeners, go check it out because there's going to be lots of really good advice. So you openly admit, Clayton, that you grew up with limiting beliefs about money as a kid, and I did as mm-hmm. well. You know, uh, my parents used to say, we don't have stock in the electric company, turn off the lights. What was the turning point that made you realize the key to building wealth is more than just working and getting a paycheck? Well, it probably was when I woke up one morning and had my bank accounts frozen. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I maybe maybe I'll go back a little bit here because kind of this happened almost very close together. I I was on a flight to New Zealand of all things, and I was only able to go for like five days on this trip to to shoot photos with a friend of mine who lived there and invited me to his house. And I'm on this flight, and next to me, after 16 hours of sleeping and grogginess, I got to talk into this this couple. They're in their late 50s, and they asked me how long I was going. And I said, oh, five days. And I said, how long are you going to be in New Zealand? And they said, we're going to be there for two months. And I said, what do you do that you're able to go to New Zealand for two months? And he said, oh, I'm a real estate investor. My, my partner and I back in the States, we buy properties in this price range. We, you know, we renovate them. We place tenants in the properties and they bring in cash flow every month. So it enables my wife and I to just travel the world. And that's what we do. I said, that's what you do? So I picked his brain for the next you know, hour that we had left on the flight. I immediately got back. I bought two properties right away. I renovated them. I probably paid more for them than I should have, not knowing what I know now. You know, Over-upgraded them. I added things to them that I shouldn't have. Placed tenants in them. They're still in my portfolio today. Um, and so I, that was my first real awareness of it. But yet, that's still at the end of the day, I was still struggling to make my mortgage payment. Like I had these two properties and yet I was still living with that fear of money because I hadn't changed what the underlying problem, you know, the, the, the main sort of cancer in myself, so to speak. You know, I had to get rid of that. And I woke up one morning and had, had been going through a foreclosure that was five years earlier. I had all my assets frozen. I woke up and I couldn't even buy a cup of coffee with my bank account, with my check card. And I just sat down at my desk. I said, what is going on? I, this foreclosure in Florida that I had years ago has come back to haunt me. I can't buy a coffee. I, what is happening to you? I'm a network news anchor. Like I, something's <laughs> wrong with this scenario. What has happened to me? And I just took a deep breath and I said, I literally closed my eyes and I said, if this is the worst thing, then I can begin to climb out of this. And I slowly started to realize that I don't have to fear money anymore. And I started to journal every day. I started to, have, you know, in my meditations, talk about the, you know, that, that money was flowing to me and wealth was flowing to me and that I couldn't hold on to it. It would flow through me and I'd be able to help other people. And that's exactly when things started to change for me. Once I realized that if I could start to help other people, not hold on to money, not be greedy, not be worried about money, that things would change, and it did. And it's, I've never looked back, and it's, it's hard for me to believe because that's the way I was raised. One of my mentors calls money velocity. It's the velocity of money because when people hold on to it, it doesn't move anywhere. Like after 9-11, 
I remember our president going out there and just saying, hey, you have to spend because everybody holding money doesn't do any good. But when I pay somebody, they can pay somebody who can, you know, it just moves around. So velocity is, is a huge word around money. So I get what you're saying. So you weren't sitting in a class or reading a book and had this aha moment? No, it was the cla- It was the school of life that, that taught me, you know, I, because again, with all of these negative associations with money my whole life, you know, we're not the Rockefellers. Money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. It's really important the way in which we talk to our children. And so I just, I got into debt. I made some stupid mistakes buying some speculative land projects. And now I invest in actual real things. I don't speculate anymore, you know, and, and to, to, to have made those mistakes and to then witness the action, you know, what, what unfolded because of those mistakes um, that was my lesson. That was my journey. And, you know, the problem is, yes, there are great books out there and there's, gr- and there's great podcasts like yours. There's great education. But I have to say, we didn't learn that in high school. You have to dig for this information. We don't have the financial literacy in this country that we need. We're just taught, we're, we're just taught to maybe balance a checkbook in high school. That's really it, right? I think I remember you learned how to balance a checkbook. It was like the only thing. And now kids aren't even being taught that. And many parents aren't even opening checking accounts for their children to understand how to manage money. So there's an enormous ignorance when it comes to financial literacy in this country uh, and not understanding how money works, how to build true wealth, and how to consistently protect your assets um, you know, legally, make sure you have LLCs set up, make sure you're you know, writing the proper things off on taxes. There's an enormous amount of ignorance when it comes to wealth building in this country. So I suspect that Morris Invest... Has great is a great resource for people. Do you have some sort of report or information on the website that people can go to? Well, I, we created my wife and I something that changed my life because at the same time, while I was still like in tears and not understanding how I couldn't pay my mortgage and yet I had two rental properties, my wife came downstairs to me and she said, "You know, we can't pay our mortgage this month." And I said, "What is? I I don't understand it. Where's our money going?" And that's when I said, that's it, I'm done with this. And I jumped up and I grabbed a magic marker for our, on our whiteboard and I said, wait a second, we have these two rental properties that every month bring in $800 a month. And yet, and we have our monthly expenses, which we don't even know what they are. So that's when the freedom number was born. It's the, it's the thing in our house that changed our life. And I call it our freedom number cheat sheet. So people can download it if they go to the website. It just goes to mor- morrisinvest.com slash freedom and sit down with your, your spouse, your partner, and go through it. It's only like three pages. And what it will teach you to do is to look at all of your monthly expenses, add up all of your monthly expenses over the course of six months, take the average of those six months. So pick out one month. Is it $5,000 a month? your Netflix, your groceries, your gas bill, your rent, your kid's school, all of that stuff. Add it up and don't lie to yourself about it. And then what I teach you to do is to reverse engineer that. Well, if each rental property you buy for $45,000, a three-bedroom, one-bath house, is producing $700 a month in cash flow from a tenant, how many rental properties would it take to cover your monthly expenses and therefore create financial freedom for you in your life? Most people say, oh, I want to be a millionaire such an arbitrary number. What, what if you were just financially free and all of your monthly expenses were covered? You know, for a lot of people, it's like nine houses that it would take for them to be financially free or 12 houses. That's all it would take. 
and it can be truly life-changing. And now you're not beholden to the nine-to-five job. You're not worried that your boss is breathing down your neck. You have that safety net because you took care of it and created your own assets that are going to produce wealth for you. So, yeah, it's totally free. I would love people to download it, and I'd love to hear what your freedom number is. People can email me and tell me that. Awesome. And so give the website one more time in case they missed it. Yeah, so it's just my last name, Morris, like the cat, M-O-R-R-I-S. So it's Morris Invest, I-N-V-E-S-T. So it's morrisinvest.com slash freedom for financial freedom. So just and it's right there. Download it and get to work on it. And, uh, and don't lie to yourself, you know. <laughs> There's, there's all I these like expenses that, I... that pop up that, that people don't – they're like, oh, that's not going to happen next month. Yes, it is. You're still going to be paying for that Internet subscription next month You're not gonna, unless you suddenly cancel it. So pay attention to it. I love that. Don't lie to yourself because people do. They're like, I know it's not right, but I don't want to look at it. And there's so much freedom in actually looking at the numbers and saying, okay, at least now we know what we need to do versus the uncertainty. I think uncertainty gives a lot of nervousness. Do you agree? Absolutely. When I was wildly in debt – I didn't know how much debt I had until I wrote it all down. I wrote it all down on my own like little graph paper that I created. I carried it around with me in my day planner, and I stared at it every day. And as I put all of my intention and focus on paying off credit card number one, then credit card number two, then credit card number three, but by seeing it in front of me, it was reality. But living it in your head is not reality. I totally agree with that. So on your sheet, on some of your information, it said you went from bootstrap to boom in your company. What did you put in place to make that transition so our listeners can mirror some of those actions? Well, you know, one thing that was really important to me was when I, at the very beginning when I started the company, when I started Morris Invest, I started it for my wife and I. And it came from a place, you know, a lot of people start businesses because they want to make money. It's not until they transition their business into helping other people that they start to make money. It's kind of a weird thing. But if you focus on making money first, chances are it's going to be harder to do that until you start to be in service of other people. And so when I started the company, I, I, I didn't start it for other people. I started it for my wife and I. And our goal was we wanted to get a, between a 10 and 12% net return on every property uh, that we bought. So gross return would be over 20%. And then my mom was our first client. And so she came to me and she said, hey, I, I have $40,000 from my 401k. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to buy a property. Can you help me do it? And I said, sure. And she said, by the way, you're going to have to do it all for me because I don't know how to do it. And I said, no, no, of course, mom will take care of it. Our team will renovate it and we'll get it rented with a tenant and, and everything will take care of it. Um, and then it grew from there. And then my sister bought a property, then my friends bought a property, then my friends of friends bought properties. And, you know, pretty soon it just, it was like word of mouth and just kind of grew from that, that organic. And I didn't change anything that what got me there. And very often I think people, when they, they start a company and they start a business, I've seen this in so many entrepreneurs that I know and I work closely with, they change course after they've already started experiencing success. So they move in one direction, like I said, moving north, where they've already started to see some success. And some reason, they decide to swerve and move in an entirely new direction before they've actually hit that success wall, before they've actually broken through. They're so close to striking gold, and for some reason, they just decide to move course. Um, and I, never, I, I decided to stick with it. I wasn't going to change. I had so many opportunities to start investing in commercial property and mobile home parks and you know, billboard companies and 
on and on and on. These things will present themselves as challenges to you if you can ignore them and remember what got you here is what will get you further and if you continue on that path. Awesome. I like that. So I actually have rental property. It's out of state. I have it in St. Louis where I was before I lived here in Denver. And it's completely systemized that I don't even have to pay a property manager to take care of things. What tips do you have to systemize properties? So what we do is, you know, I'm able to acquire properties with my acquisitions manager because that's what I do full time. So we're able to go in and buy up 20 properties that are all in all forms of distress. They've got back taxes. They're falling apart. You know, the uglier, the better is how I buy them. And it, with that power, I'm able to go in with that system. So he, that's what my acquisitions manager is fully in charge of doing. And then we acquire them. Then we will renovate them. And because I have my contractors on staff, I'm not doing this sort of ad hoc once in a while. That way I'm not paying three times as much for my labor. My contractors work for me, so they're on our staff. They stay with us. They know where their next paycheck is going to come from. They know that they're going to do 10 properties with us in the next two months. So they're not, they don't charge me three times as much because they don't know where their next paycheck will come from. So I pay them well. We have a great team. We renovate the property. But what we do is we don't over-upgrade the property. So we'll make sure that we're putting in, taking care of all of the main systems of the house. If it's a three-bedroom, one-bath house in the Midwest, I'm going to put on a new roof. I'm going to update the windows, update the mechanicals. So I'll put in a new furnace, a new water heater. I put in new electric. I'll put in new plumbing. Um, I'll put in a new electrical panel. I'll update the kitchen, the flooring, the cabinets. I'm not putting appliances in there like I made the mistake when I first started. Our tenants will pay for their own appliances. If they want a refrigerator and stove and washer and dryer, they with a local company, they buy a package of them and they, then they own them. They can take them whenever they want. So I don't put appliances in the properties and I use the same paint colors on every property. I use the same carpeting on every property. We use the same roofing on every property, the same siding. So we keep our costs down because we buy it in bulk. I buy, you know, 20 furnaces in or 20 water heaters at one time. So I'm able to get a discounted rate and, you know, and be able to pass that along to our investors as well. And then we work with and partner with property management companies because, again, I'm, I'm thousands of miles away from my properties. And a lot of my properties, almost every property I own, I've never even seen. So I want my property management company to screen the tenants, you know, find great tenants for the properties, keep it filled so it's constantly cash flowing. And when you have all of those pieces in place and it becomes a good system, at the end of the day, real estate is a people business. So there's a lot of people involved in real estate and a lot of moving parts. And so you can't put it all in a box. You have to be flexible. You never know. Like today we found out that one of our AC units on one of our properties, there was missing, you know, just a missing piece of copper. You know, maybe someone walked by and stole it. I don't know. But now my maintenance guy has to go out there, replace that, get that up and running for the tenant. You know, there's always going to be little variables. You just have to be flexible and know that you can't be down in the dumps when something goes wrong. You're going to have an eviction. You know, if you've got 50 properties in your portfolio, count on it. You'll have an eviction in the next few years. And if you do, great. Get a property management company that gets it, has it handled in three weeks and gets a new tenant in there a week later. So, you know, don't be fearful of it. But that's how I've built our, you know, our systems to be really people oriented uh, and, and to have compassion about the process. Those are really good systems. And I follow some of those same ones. I only have one paint color. I have one um, one of everything. So it's really easy when somebody moves out, if I just need to touch it up, all sorts of stuff. So really, really good, really good systems. So I noticed you use a power hour technique. I do as well, but I want to hear about yours. So what brain research shows us is that 
unless you're somebody like like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk who can go like 18 hours a day seemingly inexhaustible you know energy um, most people can't do that and in fact I would even argue if, you know in conversations with him like probably half of that time is being wasted because you're not being as effectual as you think you could be for most human beings we have about one hour a day where our brains are in alignment with our energy and I call that our power hour and for every person it's different so for me, um, you know, I, I was just speaking in front of a, a room of a couple hundred um, folks uh, giving a speech, and one, you know, what was interesting is I asked them that question, how many people here are morning people? How many people here are night people? And everyone's different. So your power hour where you can get the most done is going to be at a different part of your day. For me, it's around 10 a.m. So from 10 to 11 a.m., I don't schedule anything. I block it off on my calendar, and I use that hour – I strategize the night before, what am I going to accomplish in my power hour tomorrow? And this is going to be reserved for writing that book, working on that big project. I'm going to do four steps in my project that's going to get this project across the finish line. I can tell you what I'm not doing in that hour. I'm not returning emails. I'm not on the phone. I shut my emails down and I focus on the projects that I want to accomplish. And then I return emails, you know, after lunch when you're a little sleepy, you know, or those types of times of day where when you, when you can, you know, you just sit down at the keyboard, you have a cup of coffee and you can pound through some emails, but never ever use your power hour for those mundane tasks. You're wasting your brain, you're wasting your energy and you can get so much more done if you just buckle down and focus. Love that. That is one thing that I teach people as well, too. You can't waste that hour, and otherwise it's, you have to match your energy with your tasks. If, you're not, if you've got a mismatch, you're going to be completely unproductive and, and really, really frustrated. Hey, you mentioned a book. Do you have a book in you that's coming out? I do. My wife and I, it's a real estate book, and we're writing a series of these financial freedom books. One of the things where we've achieved, been able to achieve financial freedom is in being able to pay off our primary mortgage. And, and we've helped a lot of investors do this, um, and we've done this multiple times on different properties we've owned. So the book is called How to Pay Off Your Mortgage in Five Years, um, How to Slash Your Mortgage with a Proven System that Banks Don't Want You to Know About. And we walk through this sort of step-by-step process on how to use a home equity line of credit in order to pay down your primary mortgage. So that's what the book's all about. Awesome. And where can people find that? So it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon or any fine bookseller. And we've got a paperback version as well as the uh, digital version. It's a short read. You'll probably get it through it in the afternoon. You'll probably have to read it three times because it might blow your mind. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. But when I first learned this concept, I mean, my wife has a, you know, my wife has a master's. And when I first taught her this concept, she's like, okay, explain this to me a third time because I still don't understand it. And so it's a lot of weird moving parts, but once you actually put it in practice, you're going to be blown away that you can pay off your, your mortgage this quickly. I know the freedom of not having a mortgage payment. I've paid off um, my first house. I'm not working on my second one here. It's just so nice because then I rent it out and it's pure cash flow you know, minus taxes and insurance, but such a nice feeling. And if anything ever happens, it's nice to have that fallback plan. Is your wife in real estate too? Yeah, she has her license. I sort of asked her to, to take her real estate test so she could be the, be the realtor right. in the family. Right. Um, she's, the, she's the academic in the family. So she's, she's like, oh yeah, studying and tests, great. I'm like, great, you get to do that. I don't, I'm the big picture person. So um, 
Yeah, so she, she is the CFO of Morris Invest. So she manages all of the money, the finances, and, and all of the things that come through the company are taxes. And, and she's a real genius when it comes to that. Um, she's, a, she's a great writer as well. So she, uh, she used to work for CNBC and covering business and, and tech and finance. So she's one smart cookie when it comes to this. So it was a good pairing when I told her years ago I wanted to get in, involved in real estate investing. And she said, you know, I watched my grandparents growing up they were able to spend so much time with us because they lived off of the passive income from their rental properties in California. Uh, they owned warehouses and some apartment complexes, and they were able to spend so much time with us. She said, so real estate investing, it's not a hard sell for me. I said, great, because you have to do a lot of convincing of spouses sometimes with this. And Oh, for sure, because it sounds scary. You know, People think of, what do they call it, toilets and something at 2 a.m.? Yeah, yeah, tenants, toilets, and termites and stuff. It's like... yeah. No, that's a lot of fear talking. <laughs> I'm more scared of the stock market. You know, I, that's what's scary to me. I have no control over that. But owning a rental property that can never go down to zero dollars in value and will cash flow until I die, you know, that's to me, that is risk averse, you know. So do you have kids that you're getting involved in the business so they learn some entrepreneur and investment skills? They are. We have three kids, one of them nine months old, five years old, and six years old. And you know, one of the things that Tom Wheelwright, the great tax accountant, probably one of the smartest tax geniuses in this country, one of the things he writes about in his book, Tax-Free Wealth, is how to incorporate your family and how to treat your family as a business. And we've had Tom on my podcast multiple times. He's been become sort of a our tax guru on the show. So he will be on every few months and we'll talk taxes on the show. And, and you know, what he says is getting your family involved in finances is so incredibly important, getting them involved where they, they are part of the business. So our kids will take on jobs and they will, you know, earn money in the house by, you know, cleaning up the office, shredding documents, you know, if you got like, you know, bank statements and stuff, Hey, take them up to the shredder and they enjoy doing that. Or they'll, They'll do different things, organizing folders and, and putting th different things together um, is incredibly useful. And once you start realizing that your kids can be a part of that business and see how true wealth is made um, by acquiring assets and how we fix up properties, that's the education I didn't have as a child about how to create wealth. My education in wealth building was fear money, work for somebody else, get a raise every few years, and that's how you build wealth. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Absolutely. I had the same backgrounds, and I love having real estate and stocks and my own business as well. Hey, let me ask you my signature question. Every guest gets this question. So, Clayton, if you had one more hour in your day, what would you do with it? Wow, that's a great question. One more hour in my day, I would probably sleep. I don't get enough sleep, and I know how invaluable sleep is um, to mental fitness and, and with having three kids and one of them's nine months old and wakes up at four in the morning and then we try to wake up at 5.30 and throws off sleep patterns. If I could have that one extra hour every day so I can, instead of getting six and a half hours of sleep, get seven and a half hours of sleep, I think my, my overall brain fitness would increase tremendously and I'd be much more productive in my whole life. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Maybe you should tell Gary V that, huh? <laughs> yeah, he won't, he won't listen, I know. No, he's, he's, uh, he's got a system that works for him, huh? Hey, is there anything else that you want to add that I didn't cover with you? No, I think, you know, this has been great. And, and I, you know, I just, 
don't be scared, you know, to, to people out there who, if they're interested in real estate investing, and like I said before about the, you know, the podcast, if we try to make it very, very friendly, my wife and I do the show together, our investing in real estate podcast, and and we try to make it really accessible. So if, if you if you're coming into this new, come on over and listen because we'll we'll walk through it in a very non-scary way, so you can relax and. We're we're all learning this together. I mean, I think that's the key, right? No one's an expert. We're all still, even Robert Kiyosaki and all these guys who are in, in the 60s and 70s who have real estate and do all these things with finance, they're, they're still learning. That's why they get up and they read the paper every day to learn. So don't be scared. Just take action. Great, great wrap-up comments. Clayton, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show today. There was lots of great ideas. You made it simple for people. Listeners, Download my 100 proven systems you need to boost results in your business. Go to nancygaines.com slash systems to get it now. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so other people can find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.